Welcome to Talks, a bunch of, well, talks with builders that have things to say about DAOs, Web3, their life, and uh, other things. So today I'll be talking to Joshua Lapidos. As a former web tour, he helped Lyft to get to the IPO, and then he was let go. And his exit from Lyft convinced him that organizations' uh, success should be shared with employees using incentives and tokenomics. Makes a lot of sense, right? By 2020, though, he was ready to take any job as long as it would pay his health insurance. And today he's helping to build Opolis, a Web3 HR framework for both Web3 full-timers and off-chain contractors. He's also a steward at SporkDAO, who we all have to thank for Ethan. First, however, I have to make, again, a statement requested by our lawyers. Here it comes. The information in this podcast is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. It is not intended to be and does not constitute financial advice, investment advice, trading advice, or any other advice. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple or Google or any other platform, consider heading over to talk.dalhas.com. That is talk.dalhas.com. Um, you're getting the exact same podcast that you listen to now, plus an interactive transcript and uh, links to topic sites and people and more talks on this. Let's jump in. All right. Hey, Josh. Uh, thanks for taking the hey, time. Uh, we're going to have this conversation about DAOs. I know you are a steward uh, in Upolos. Um, you are in uh, ETA Denver. So I bet you're busy with all the stuff that's coming up and maybe we'll be there. Um, tell me, how did you get involved in DAOs? What was your first DAO? Why did you get involved? How did you hear about it? Give me a bit of the background. Technically, my first DAO was Panvala, which is a kind of a grants giving DAO that helps bootstrap communities. Um, that was when it was a spoke at Consensus, uh, which was my first like full-time job in Web3 after leaving Lyft. Um, some considered a DAO at that time. I don't know if it could be uh considered one it certainly is now um but after leaving consensus in february 2020 i went to denver to find another job in the space because i caught the bug and wanted to stick around um and uh, i found it i found a job at denver working for but as a steward of denver but also as a steward of opolis um which is an employment cooperative that helps people who work full-time in web3 in the DAO space and you well anybody who works for 1099 income so you know real estate agents etc it doesn't have to be web3 for people who don't know because i want to share with people who have not what's a steward like what does, what should we imagine there uh what is a steward a steward is a, this is the terminology that we use um, instead of like uh, what companies have directors and chief executives and, and such. And stewards are more, um, they hold a position of responsibility to the community. And it's more of a, a, a guidance. Um, it's a leadership role for sure, but it's, it's uh, it doesn't carry the same like web two, like constricting. Uh, I don't know if that was the best definition, but it's just how I feel about stewardship. Um, we like to say that if a, if a, if your DAO has has executives, then or has like CEOs, anything with a C suite in it, uh, it's not a DAO. It's a it's a company. Makes sense. So you were at Lyft. 
and then um, consensus, and then somewhere you got what bitten by the DAO bug and decided, hey, you want to work in a DAO, or how was that? Uh, my my journey was a little bit backwards, actually. So at Ethenver, I found um, I was walking around looking for a new job, trying to avoid paying for Cobra, uh, which in the U.S. is the a health insurance that's not particularly um, affordable health insurance. It's a continuation of your previous plan. Um, and everyone was like, you should go talk to the Opolis booth. They, I think they do that. And so I went and talked to Opolis and um, I started contributing there. Uh, and it's not, that wasn't particularly in my mind joining a DAO, um, but I went to John Paller, the founder, and was like, hey, can I make referrals for you? Because that was part of the vertical that I was in at Lyft. Um, can I make referrals? And he's like, well, it's free. So there's not really a commission, but we may have a token at some point and, and I can give you an advisorship and you can uh, have equity and you can work for that. And I was like, sure, fine. Um, ended up uh, full-time at Opolis um, after successfully you know, referring a few people, um, getting the ball rolling. Uh, and we started figuring out that the, the best way to find new members was people who were working full-time in the space. Uh, and so DAOs, um, I, my, my old uh, lead from Panvalos is a member of MetaCartel. Um, I started, I met uh, Tom Howard um, and a few other folks and they were like, yeah, you should join MetaCartel. And so it, at that same time in the fall of 2020, I realized that all of these people are just kind of YOLOing it and not paying their taxes um, in the most optimal way. Uh, sometimes at all, um, <laughs> uh, or there, uh, I don't want to say that, uh, nobody was breaking the law to my knowledge, <laughs> um, but there, there were certainly like ways to, to go about organizing yourself professionally so that you're minimizing your tax burden and your, uh, and we figured out that this was a, this was a prime, um, demographic of people who really needed opolists and I didn't have any reputation. And so you start seeing on, on Twitter and, and in these discords that like you gain reputation by showing up and saying, how can I help? And you start doing work and you join a DAO. And then um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that DAOs shouldn't go above Dunbar's number, which is like, once it has a hundred people in it, you should split off and do a different thing. DAO should be very specific and for one purpose with a specific subset of people. And when you have a different purpose, form a new DAO ask other people to join, have a different thing over there. Um, and so that's what ended up happening. Uh, another DAO would pop up to accomplish X and then another one for Y and another one for Z and you just keep joining. Um, and I was trying to build reputation and do work and, and try to make a meaningful contribution into Web3 and uh, it just kept cascading DAO after DAO after DAO. Okay, and where are you spending today most of your time? And like, if you look at uh, this last week and look at the hours spent, what 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 DAOs, what projects, where are you most involved in? Yeah, so asking me this week is very easy to answer. If you'd asked me, um, you know, a few months ago, it'd be more difficult. But um, the Opolis Employment Commons is primarily uh, uh, as a as a former mentor or actually well, current mentor, former. Uh, employer said, uh, you got to remember who butters your bread. Um, so this is, this is like, it's my home base. This is my core mission. Um, uh, the employment commons LCA, this is, this is our employment DAO. My number two would say would be Spork DAO, which is this, uh, parent DAO that, um, that formed to help capture value and grow the ETH Denver community. So ETH Denver is coming up, um, it's, it's in February every year. It's the largest Ethereum event ever, every year and it keeps growing. It's the largest Web3 event in the world. Um, we're expecting like 15,000 people in person and over 50,000 to attend streaming. Um, and ETH Denver is one of the four prongs of SporkDAO. Um, and I was elected to the board of SporkDAO and was named treasurer. So my job is to help manage um, Spork allocations. And um, you get you, you earn Spork from attending the event, from buying merch, from sponsoring, from uh, any number of things that you can do to add value to the ecosystem or patronize the cooperative. Um, and so I've got to figure out making sure 
everyone who's supposed to get support gets it in the right amounts and with a cross between like emails and ETH addresses, it's a big mess. Uh, that and then um, I'm also a merch steward. So this year we're working with Metafactory, which is another DAO that I, I contribute to regularly. Um, they do really cool uh, like streetwear, their tokenomics for their like uh, fashion company, if you call it that. Um, they enable DAOs to show up and say, hey, we'd like merch for our community. We don't necessarily have money to pay for it or know what designs we want. And so Metafactory Techs will like help design it. They'll, they'll create it and then they'll sell it. And then those proceeds will go uh, in the form of robot uh, to the DAO and to the people who buy it. And so that's a way, um, it's a way for kind of uh, folks to bootstrap or DAOs to bootstrap merch. Um, and so I'm, I'm helping liaise that their uh, Metafactory is, is, uh, is managing our merch for, for Eat Denver. So it's a, it's a pretty big undertaking. Well, yeah, I actually talked to Hamad to MetaDreamer earlier. So, um, oh, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah he's so awesome. I a, yeah. I got a good, uh, we had a very good conversation also about, you know, dreams and very forward looking and, uh, uh yeah. You so know, your, your audience is familiar with Metafactory. Should told yeah, me I uh, it. <laughs> I'm, I'm still compiling this. I not even know if it's going to be sequential or not. So, um, how's your how has your work and life changed? Like going, you know, into this contrast back to where you worked in startups, tech, Lyft, to how you work today. What 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 has changed? Has anything changed? What what's different? That's really interesting angle of that question. Um, not particularly. Uh, my role at Lyft wasn't particularly the typical like tech startup. At that point, it wasn't really a startup anymore. Um, it's interesting. I well, so I've been I've been remote since or semi or full remote since 2017. So like COVID and the, 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 like the, the shift toward work from home and um, kind of like, there's a shift away from hours to tasks. So you have a role, you have certain things that you have to get done, but it's not about, do you clock 40 hours? Are you sitting at your desk from nine to five? Um, and people talk about this style as the future of work um, and it's not, it's the present of work and people who are sitting at a desk from nine to five who have some asshole manager who's like, well, did you, did you clock out for that half hour you took lunch? It's absolute fucking nonsense. That's the history. That's the past of work. Where we are is the present of work. And I don't think any of us really know what the future of work is going to look like, but we start, we call all this Dow stuff future of work and it's not true. It's the present. It's, it's what, you know, tens of thousands of people are doing now, uh, has it changed? I don't think that it has. It hasn't really. Um, I do feel like more of an owner doing these things. Um, there's less in if we if you think about it in terms of incentives and um, I, everyone has some sort of selfishness, right? Uh, it's family first, uh, like take care of yourself. And I don't think. I mean, we try to do this in DAOs where. Um, you know, we, you put the community first, and that's one of the primary slogans for any any DAO that you that you come across. But there's still this very individualist streak, where it's like you manage your own portfolio. What you hold is important, even though we're, we talk about it as a community. Um, so there's there's this vein of of trying to work together to accomplish these larger goals. Um, and so there's there's less focus on like time theft and what am I doing with my nine to five? Because I'm an owner. Um, I have a significant amount of robot. So if I am acting negatively toward the community by trying to take too much, it could damage the community as a whole, which would make my equity worth, le worth less. At Lyft, like I, I work there for two and a half years, I didn't get any equity. Um, the, I mean, the cash was was solid, the incentives were good. Um, in terms of like uh, variable comp, but you don't feel like you're working toward 
building something. And like our team got the company IPO ready. And then as soon as the IPO happened, they were like, uh, yeah, uh, you need to find another role at the company or, uh, so I, I was in a consensus Academy class and, and was like, uh, no, I do not want a desk job in San Francisco for a hundred grand. That's not where I'm going. Um, and I was fortunate enough to become friendly with Jacob Cantelli and, and he helped me, uh, transition to, it's like, you know, you should come work at consensus. And that's what I did. Interesting. So you think, you know, even we didn't have any stock at Lyft. Do you think that um, DAOs provide a different incentive than, you know, compared to like the stock option plan that, you know? Oh, the... absolutely. Okay, go into it. Um, there are similarities. Uh, the first few employees at um, a startup, it's, it's going to have very similar uh it's gonna have a similar feel to the way tokens or DAO shares are, um, but they're not, they're highly restricted. There are like blackout periods or, or quiet periods. And um, we, we have cliffs. I mean, we have smart contracts. The, the, the early employees at Opolis and the early investors and advisors, um, they got the, it's like 20% invested over four years. And we, we use Superfluid, which is another uh, solid DAO um to like stream our to to stream work um but like it's i don't know maybe maybe it's not as different as i think it is but it's it's a lot easier to acquire shares it's a lot easier to sell them trade them uh earn them um it's, uh, I don't need to negotiate with the HR of anything to figure out what my comp is going to be. You show up, you do more work, um, you, can, uh, like you go into coordinate and you vote and you tell the other people in the, in, in that circle, uh, what work you did. Um, and you grow together. There's, there's not like a, like a strict HR policy of this employee has to get this much equity and it has to vest over this amount of period of time. And, um, oh, sorry, we, we can't give you what you're asking for because you're a level three instead of a level four. Um, and that wouldn't be fair to a, a, another level four who doesn't have this much. It's like, that's none of that exists. All of these, all these walls that, that the web two tech companies have, have put up to try to, um, to keep you in a rat race. None of I mean, certainly there, there are competing incentives and, you know, uh, my DAO is trying to grow faster than your DAO. It's, but we, we all are trying to grow together as an ecosystem and there's, there's really not as much. It's like uh, when the general public realizes that Lyft and Uber are the same, I, I think that it'll finally click. And, and do you think that is, this difference is due um fundamentally because of the difference of the technology system people or is it potentially just a difference because of the maturity of the market you would you know would it be fair to look at whatever the 90s in the startup world and say you know people that built the early web you know you know maybe thought yeah. exactly the same would work the same way was yeah absolutely way. There are so many similarities between like the early 90s and what we're doing right now and a lot of what we are doing. And the reason that there's such high growth and high reward is because it, it could all collapse. It's, it, it's experimentation. Like nobody knows. Um, we, we're working for all these different DAOs. Some of the DAOs that we are contributing right now are the, the Apple, Google, Intel, you know, IBM. Like those blue chips are being built right now. But like a lot of us are contributing to things that are the pets.com and, and that's, that's going to happen. Um, but it's all about experimentation. And as we figure these things out and, and uh, we, we figure out what works and what doesn't, it's all happening in a new vertical. That's not this corporate world that has existed for hundreds of years. Um, and I think that that's attributed to the tech in not just some of the, the fun apps that we're building, like coordinate, for example, um, but the transparency, 
So nobody sees what's going on inside of a corporate inside of the corporate books, except for a few people in the in the in the corporate books. Um, nobody knows what everyone else's comp is. But when you're when it's a pure play DAO, where the compensation is determined through voting, which is a little bit terrifying to my family. Um, uh, when when things are when thing, when when comp is determined through voting, it's transparent, and then the distribu distributions on chain, so everyone in the community can see. Okay, so the founders are getting this, the core contributors are getting this, auxiliary people are, are getting paid this, um, and this is what's going out for uh, sales or farms or whatever, and and you can see all of where all of the equities are, and the transparency I think is is what uh, the the valuable component is. So you believe that the difference in technology in this case, really what you pointed towards is the, you know, the, the transparency of it um, is bringing about this present or future of work. So it's not different only because it's a very early immature state of the market, but it will also be fundamentally different in the future we're not going to end up with the same centralized power structures no i think a lot of it will um and we have to be incredibly vigilant to pre prevent that from happening um that's what malik wants <laughs> uh to to just take the it's it's natural to, to fall in and it's more like Wall Street bros and Silicon Valley bros, like we're going through uh, what's called the great resignation right now, where folks are leaving their W-2 jobs, they're going out on their own, becoming 1099s. And we're seeing a lot of, a lot of them are joining Opolis, which is really cool. Um, but as more of these people who are ingrained in Web2 culture join Web3, um, and, and a lot of people are doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, and that's just market incentives. You've got the opportunity to not as even as an accredited investor, you go in, you, you drop five grand for, you know, a half a percent of the entire token supply. And then now you build this community. And now the, like these, these folks who just have cash, they're not learning the web three rabbit hole the same way that, that people who like sweat equity into DAOs for years during a, during a bear market. Um, you can kind of tell when someone's first cycle is like the bull. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, there, there needs to be a so we need like the cultural onboarding is just as important, and that's why things like like Index Coop and Bankless DAO and Olympus are are so important because they they bring people into this community. And yeah, there's a lot of upside and. and potential downside in, in the tokens, but the communities are there to stay and some of the most vibrant discords I've ever seen. Um, and we're seeing that right now with, with ETH Denver's discord, Google's showing up. Nobody talks about the price of Spork, um, probably because nobody knows what it is. CoinGecko, I'm looking at you. Uh, they won't list us. Um, but yeah, nobody talks about the price of Spork or the price of the Bufficorns. It's all about the event and finding a team and building community and uh, blockchain 101. There's a lot of fun stuff. So you you mentioned earlier and often before we started talking, you said, you know, some DAOs are actually not really DAOs. They're just calling themselves DAOs. Um, yeah, uh, I was thinking about this. Uh, so Amin tweeted about the new, the Malik V3 ball. Um, and like, it's so versatile. It's, it's such a beautiful piece of work, a piece of art. Um, all right, so there's this thread that goes back and forth in DAOs about, um, is it a DAO, is it not a DAO? Should we be the arbiters of determining is it or is it not? Does it matter? Does this lexicon matter? These millions of people who are joining, uh, Constitution DAO is a perfect example. They called it Constitution DAO, um, and almost 0% of what it was or how it was structured was actually a DAO. Um, the multi-sig was not determined by a vote. There's no mechanism for people 
who hold people, which is their token, to remove anybody from the multi-sig. Um, there, there was there was absolutely nothing decentralized or autonomous about that organization. But so we get into who is the I'm not the arbiter of this. What my opinion doesn't particularly matter. Does it hold any weight? Should it? Um, and is it important for people who come after us, who say like, "Ooh, I want to join a DAO," um, and then they join something and then they put their money in and they have absolutely no control over it? Like one of the one of the fundamental things about DAOs is that it should be resistant to to capture, and that you should still be able to self custody to a degree your own assets, not your keys, not your coins. The big big thread that that goes back to to the beginning. Um, of what it is that we're all doing here in crypto. Um, and when you use a Moloch, which is um, the, the framework that, uh, that's the ecosystem that, that I'm in. There's a lot of good DAO frameworks out there. I prefer Moloch, that's where, where I work, where all my friends are. Um, is a, it's a framework that is an actual DAO. You, you contribute and until the, um, until the funds are spent, you can withdraw 100% of what you put in. Um, and with the V3 coming out, I think it's going to be a lot more obvious to be able to say, this is a DAO, this is not a DAO, because it's so much more versatile. Like, uh, not all DAOs need to be Mollocks. That's, I, I think we, we've all kind of accepted that. Um, that. But there are other measures that need to be, that need to be taken um, and I think with the Moloch V3 coming out, uh, it, it'll be a lot, it'll be a lot easier, a lot more obvious, like what is, what is a DAO? Um, but it'll also take community buy-in to determine whether that's something we care about. Is there a way of collectively auditing this, like actually creating rankings, uh, whatever you want I... to call it? have floated this idea to Spencer. I think it'd be interesting. Um, I don't know who should, I, I don't wanna be in charge of that. Um, I don't know who should be in charge of determining what is a DAO, what isn't a DAO. Maybe there's like a, a series, like a category of things, a checklist and, and then like a scorecard, like a TCR, but uh, for ecosystems. Um, I certainly don't have time for it. And I say no to everything except uh, it, until after eat Denver. So maybe if, if it hasn't been built that well. Uh... How's your list piling up of things? Yeah, I know, right? The yeah, uh, another DAO. Well, let's do it. Let's spin up a DAO. Everyone kicks the money into a into a Moloch. We'll fund this thing using the new Yeeter. Very good, very good. <laughs> um, for everyone that um, for anyone that wants to. So two things for, let's start there for, if you're a freelance designer, content writer, um, you're doing some gigs on that work, should you look into what a DAO is? Should you care? Should you, you know, probe into it? Why? I don't. Yeah, I don't think that that's how I would approach it. Um, there are, like, as a freelancer, there are lots of, there's a ton of work that needs to be done. I don't think as a freelancer, you should care whether it's a DAO that's paying you or a company that's paying you. Um, when you first onboard and, like, when you first start, like, learning about these things, my advice would be to just be open about compensation. Um, there was a, I mean, we go back and forth on this, whether it's okay to compensate people in tokens and the there's significant more upside and downside to, to being paid in a variable asset. Um, and, but even if you're being offered comp in like USDC or DAI, um, like be open to the idea. You don't have to worry about like what DAO are you joining or anything. Um, I think that's kind of the backward way to look at it. The, the, the I think the better way to look at it is there's work to be done. You can be compensated more fairly for it. Um, there's significantly more upside in, in Web3 overall. We have a drastic shortage in technical talent. Um, I wouldn't worry about like where you end up. Just find a gig, 
do a, a sprint, do a month, a, a quarter, whatever, um, and join the, the Discord for whatever the project is and start meeting people. And you just naturally get invited to other things by showing up and being in a meeting. And then someone will bring up, hey, we should, you know, there's this other thing going on over here. Um, there's a lot of like, ooh, shiny object in, in the space. And it's very hard to concentrate and, and stay focused on the, the, like the thing that it is that you are trying to build. Um, but you just, it finds you. So instead of like thinking about like, ooh, should I join a DAO? It's like, no, just show up somewhere and say, I'm a, I'm a designer who, who needs to hire a designer. I, I'm sure there are job posts everywhere that are, make it very easy to find this kind of work. Um, the oppo list is one of those things. Uh, Eat Denver is a, is a huge opportunity for people. Um, we, we actually, we pride ourselves in being um, uh, an event that onboards new folks from web two to web three. So um, if you're considering getting into the space, uh, that's, a, that's a great place to start. You said earlier, um, <clears throat> yeah, Davos and XDAI. Um, something if it's not running on XDAI, it's likely not there. It's not a DAO. It's uh, most of the DAOs on XDAI. Can you speak to that? I found that um, I was just curious where you're heading with that. Uh, yeah, so in this whole, like, what is a DAO, what is not a DAO, there are lots of things out there, and almost everything that has DAO in its name isn't really. Um, that's less important. The more important part is that things that are actual DAOs, Molochs, that are primarily on XDAI, there's a lot of them on XDAI, there's a lot of them on Polygon, and the reason for that is uh, basic things require signing on chain, like uh, sponsoring a proposal, creating a proposal, withdrawing funds, rage quitting from the DAO, and all of these cost gas, and gas is expensive on mainnet. So um, almost all of them, I, I don't know the exact percentage, almost all of the ones I'm in, probably like 98% of them um, are on either Polygon or XDAI. Um, and the, the complaint I have uh, with the analytics that are shared using deep DAO data is that it excludes you know, real DAOs from the DAO metrics because it doesn't factor in things that are on Gnosis chain, XDAI. And, and why is that? Do you know that? I, I don't. I am not that type of technical. Um, I got, every time I criticize it, people are like, so where do you get your data? It's like, I do community. I don't do data stuff. You guys do data stuff. I'm just telling you your data is wrong, which yeah. it's not particularly helpful, but like maybe let's stop publishing bad data. I'd rather have no data out there than bad data. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. I'm gonna actually ask Gail about it. I, I just took a took a note here. I think that's uh, um, it's very different. Um, can you? This is you know kind of two combination of two questions. And you know, talking about Moloch, and you, you know, you said if it's a real DAO, it's like you're running on Moloch, right? Um, and there's two things. One is what makes Moloch different, in your opinion, to other frameworks? And second, for me, that bears the question, what is actually a framework? So, you know, I've been, you know, kind of looking around what are people calling tools, DAO infrastructure tools, uh, DAO frameworks, and sure. start to overlap you quite a bit. So I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how, what's your mental model to say, hey, this is a framework, this is a tool, uh, and you know, this is Moloch and this is how it sets itself. Yeah, that's a, okay. So Moloch is the name of the factory contracts. I'm trying to think if that helped or if I used more jargon there. Um, the, have you played with DAOhouse at all? Yes, I have. Okay. so. I would say DAO House is a tool for navigating the Mollocks. I think that's a right way to express that. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's a it's a great interface and has has come a long way since when it, when it first started. It was it was fun to use, but a little bit rough around the edges. And now it's just it's beautiful. I don't have a ton of experience with the other frameworks. 
that's probably a little bit of a like click and or like cartel bias um i am in i think i'm in like one or two aragon DAOs. it's just an interesting um the interface is a little bit different i i don't know i i don't think i'm the right person to ask about that's fine all of the different frameworks i haven't i've only used two of them um but i can say that using a framework means you're very likely a DAO and not using a framework means that like you have a lot of extra steps to take to be considered a DAO. So whether it's Colony or Aragon or Moloch or what are the, is DAO stack still around? Uh, there are a few other ones that have popped up. So like whether using one of these frameworks, great. If you're not using anything, like if your DAO is we have a token using Collabland to get into a Discord to get private channels, and all of the money sits in a multi-sig where the core team is not replaceable by people who hold the token and your snapshot voting. So you're voting via snapshot to signal to the founders how you would like them to vote via multi-sig. That's not a DAO. That's, it's not wrong. They, I mean, you just have to be on the nose at describing what it is. And it is significantly more susceptible to capture than a Moloch. Very good. We're, we're using a framework. This is this is good. This is going to lead to the last three kind of questions, hopefully, and I let you go back to help everyone and uh, you know organize the event. Um, along this line, first of all, is what do you what would you put up as the three or five characteristics that make or features that make a doubt? <laughs> Three to five characteristics that make a DAO a DAO. Yeah. What makes a DAO? Uh, hmm. I mean, so this is that a, a multi-sig wallet where you're voting off-chain on snapshot and signaling to the wallet safe owners what you would like to do. You would yeah. So I would say that that framework specifically. So inside of this that example that I laid out, um, to take that to make it a DAO, I would say, so So one, I, there is a difference in um, opinion over whether uh, like, can a non-flat org be a DAO? And I definitely think that they can. I think delegating authority to stewards is still very much part of DAOs um, and representative democracy works this way, right? Direct democracy is an absolute disaster um, because the population, like the general population can be like, swayed one way or the other it is very susceptible to capture due to what i'm saying they're susceptible it can go left and right on the daily oh yeah it's not it's yeah it's not even as much like left right pendulum it's more of like um there's a very limited amount of things that are considered to be truth um and with the 2016 2020 election to the u.s specifically like a lot of Americans struggle with what is real a lot more than they used to. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the 24 hour news cycle. And most of us get our news from, I'm not going to say us, most people get their news from like their aunt sharing bullshit on Facebook. And it's like, that's, you know, not Dan Rather talking into you like one, like one TV screen into every home in America and like, yeah, sure. So he's also susceptible to capture. And so that was more of a capitalism bias than it is a left-right bias um, that we're kind of going down a different rabbit hole. But um, so direct democracy is not particularly like the end all be all of what we should be going for, but the, the ability to, and, and one of the, one of the ways, yeah, one of the ways in which like, or you could imagine, and I go back and forth with Spencer on this about like, is the United States a DAO? And it's a fun thought exercise because obviously it is not because none of it's on chain and there's absolutely zero transparency in almost everything that happens. But when you think about it, it's one citizen, one vote, theoretically. Uh, <laughs> and we elect delegates who then are a smaller group of people who manage budgets and do things based off of what we want. And if they don't do the thing that we want, uh, we can remove them and replace them with another person. This is, we have elections every other year, presidential elections every four years. Um, I don't 
think that we should model DAOs specifically after the US. I think it's kind of a failed political system, um, at least in its current form. Uh, but I, there are some learnings there um, that we could that we could take away. Uh, for example, the ability to elect delegates and remove delegates is is one key thing that that I would say is a is a factor of a DAO. So if you're if you're not going to do uh, a direct democracy approach where there's 10 people in a DAO, everyone's got one share, and we're expecting high voter participation, uh, it would take five or six people. Well, it would take one and nine people not paying attention to capture the DAO. Um, but let's say you wanted to scale to a thousand people that you wanted to, to join a DAO. You can't possibly expect a thousand people to be voting on a thing. That's not necessarily the point. Uh, sometimes it's they they want to contribute money so that they have a piece of the pie. Sometimes it's they want to be part of building something bigger. Um, but everyone's got a day job or multiple day jobs uh, or multiple things that are not considered day jobs. <laughs> they just have their attention elsewhere and they don't have time to sit here and, and play governance nerd on the internet with <laughs> with pretty much the same 50 to 100 other people. So we delegate responsibility to people. Um, and if it comes out that they have misused this, this authority, then we should have the ability to remove them. And if the tokens that I hold that put that person in place is not able to remove them, then you have a problem. Uh, your, your, your delegative, your representative democracy is, is not, has not failed, it has not, has not succeeded. Um, so let me try something. I, yeah. From the pieces you mentioned, I, what I'm what I'm saying seeing is there's a part about there's a there's a feature character characteristic about resistance to capture, and that means yeah. that you're either a direct democracy or you are an indirect democracy with the ability to elect and remove the representatives, and that would all fall under the idea of like somehow resistance to capture right it stays democratic but that summarize like um important yeah i do think that, that that's an important but we're also like we started this this conversation feels like very at the bottom of the rabbit hole and, and uh like someone who's like learning someone who's learning about DAOs for the first time is like what is this capture resistance stuff so i'd say the key features are um the flow of money is on chain and auditable or transparent. Um, so basically it has to, you know, it has to use a, a blockchain or it has to have some sort of uh, uh, smart contract on, I would prefer it to be the EVM. Uh, but I, I, I imagine DAOs could exist not on Ethereum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, the, the flow of money is, is on-chain. Um, decisions about how that money is spent doesn't necessarily need to be on-chain, but the, but the ability to um, affect it or remove your money if, if something has been, if some decision has been made against your will. I think that's important. That's a key feature. Yeah, which is kind of an important characteristic for Moloch, right? Yeah, the rage quit, rage quit, and rage kick are are uh, are key key features. Which is imagine like a, it's funny. Um, the the United States doesn't really function that way. I mean, theoretically, you could rage quit. Um, there's a clause in your passport that says that like instructions on how to rage quit America, uh, where you you present yourself to an official, and you hand over your passport and sign a document saying. I hear by relinquish, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you have rage quit the DAO. <laughs> uh, the problem with that being if you don't have a passport somewhere else, you're just kind of stuck. Where does the word, where does the term rage quit actually come from? Do you know? I mean, maybe, probably. Um, I think it also probably gaming, right? Uh, a, a synonym for that is guild kick or guild quit. Um, I don't know who coined that. I will look that up. I was just, I was just very curious. My um, guess would be, I mean, yeah. Let me let me ask you to transition to, to towards the end. Um, 
we talked at the very beginning about you know um, potential centralization of power, right? So um, history just kind of repeating itself, right? Like for those that have been around in the '80s and '90s and seen you know emergence of the of the internet and the web and the uh, ideals and uh, dreams that came with it. You know, you can look at today and say, yeah, well, it looks all really nice, but likely it's going to end up, the power is going to end up in the hands of very few. Um, now, with the danger that you're going to also add this traceability and transparency to it, right? So now you really got total control, not like, you know, some degree of control. Now you have the control over the money, right? Like any, any token coin is... Uh, or you can believe other way, right? And uh, you can say, no, you know, this is, uh, you know, the entire system and the way it's going to make people work together is, you know, um, sensor resistant. And this is, you know, inherently going to end up a different way. There's no other way. How do you believe it's, what's, what do you believe? What, what's going to happen? Uh... Can you rephrase the the sentence more succinctly? What do I believe will be happening regarding what? Do you think that um, you know Web three technology to bring it in a in a broad sense um, is going to help us to build a more democratic, more open, and better society, or uh, is human society in the end susceptible again to? I think it could. Control yeah, um, I think I, my answer would be it could uh, if we do it right. So like there, there is, we we use this meme of like slaying Moloch, but I don't know if there's ever a, an end. Moloch never, is never going to end. It'll do, we just, we clear one hurdle. We, we win, win one battle and then move on to fight the next one. And it's just, it's a constant, it's a constant struggle. Um, but as we coordinate on larger scales, coordination becomes more difficult and we generate new problems. Um, I think that this tech absolutely could be used for completely remaking how humans organize themselves. I also think that it's incredibly susceptible to creating a new kleptocracy. And when you look at crypto Twitter, a lot of a lot of the people who are considered influencers are successful traders, the people who've been able to make a lot of money. The folks who are in the ecosystem that you're talking to don't worship traders. We worship insofar as we could use that word builders. So like, our, our beacons are like, like Deacon and and like Bill Warren and Ben and Spencer and and Kevin Owaki and Namin and and um pe people who are who who focus on building don't really talk about or ever focus on price are really working on on figuring out like quadratic voting and quadratic funding and, and trying to to take this because there there's always going to be an element of early people will be more highly rewarded, right? Um, you're in the room, you're getting a piece of the, the pie or the sooner you heard about Bitcoin even, the, the sooner you had somebody convince you to buy it, the better off you were, right? Um, I don't think I even heard about it for the first time until 2015. I disregarded it as a thing that you just used to buy drugs because that's what the people who told me about it were using it for. And it wasn't until 2017 when a friend who doesn't do drugs was like, you need to download Coinbase uh, and, and buy some Bitcoin right now. And I did. Uh, and that was kind of the beginning of my journey because uh, I still didn't understand it at the time. And I immediately was like, oh, there's two other things on here. I could buy Litecoin and Ethereum. And I started reading about them. And then once you start reading about Ethereum, it just never ends because there's just, there's, the, <laughs> there's no finite amount that you could read about the new internet. Um, and as we reorganize society around this kind of this money that is 
digital, um, nation states become less important as we have a, we will have a global, probably multiple global currencies. Um, I, I don't, I mean, there are other logistical problems like what will the official language be? And um, will, will people who prefer socialism to capitalism get along politically? I'm sure none of the, that'll be, I mean, I can't even fathom that problem. That's hundreds, two years, 200 years away, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. And it happens in like 20 years. And then this, this video will surface and be like, ah, you were off by a factor of 10. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I do think that like, we have to be very careful about, like you do need to incentivize people to experiment and be early, um, but not at the cost of, creating a new kleptocracy, which is one of the primary, aside from like the environmental bullshit, one of the primary like legitimate complaints that, I don't know, FinTech people, Web2 people uh, have over our industry. And we, we do, I, my, okay, so in short, my answer is yes, we can, but like, we, it's gonna be hard. It's going to be hard. So the final question, uh, that would be just a yes or no answer. Will we? Will we what? Will we build a better world or won't we? I'm an optimist. So my, yes, obviously. Uh, my, my answer is yes. Um, and I show up to work every day working toward this mission. Um, trying to help design these systems so that they can incentivize early people and then people who join later and then everyone. I mean, we're all working toward this mass adoption. Some people are working toward mass adoption because millions more people join, they have to buy your bags. And so you get rich or millions of people join because maybe all voting should be on the blockchain and I should be able to use one currency anywhere in the world without having to transfer things, right? So um, you, you can kind of, there's a, there's a few things in there, but you can tell like who, who believes what, um, like who's virtual signal, virtual signaling. Um, it's not always kind of dry. Everyone's got multiple ETH addresses since, you know, uh, my answer is yes. The, uh, we we are. I think that the, um, the builders will will overcome the. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a biddler versus hodler, and I think the biddlers win. Very good, Josh. That's a yes. I appreciate your time. This was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. He's like, yeah, I want a yes or no question, and then he answered it in five minutes. <laughs>